Welcome to the Big Fundamental Podcast, a Kins 5 podcast on the San Antonio Spurs and NBA basketball. I'm Jackson with the Kins 5 digital team, and joining me today, we've got Kins 5 sports anchor Evan Klosky, Kins 5 digital journalist David Flores, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Guys, it's so much more fun to do these podcasts when you come in and the Spurs have just beaten the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, it's a little changing of the pace here uh, since that eight-game losing streak a little while back, but they are playing some good basketball, Flores. They really are. They really are. You know, after a while, you, you, how many different ways can you explain that they're an up-and-down team? You know, <laughs> and they could very well tomorrow lay, lay an egg. So we've I mean, come to, we've come to expect that this year, but they sure are playing well. Yeah, we yeah. haven't had a three-game win streak since the, the beginning, start in the season. Which tells you a lot so. about about the way the season's gone that they've not won more than three in a row. That's mm-hmm. unheard of. For yeah. the Spurs. Uh, I mean, guys, it's a, it's a cliche to say that you know, in order to go forward, you need to step back. Mm-hmm. But a literal step back, I would say, is change this offense here with Lamarcus Aldridge stepping back, <laughs> taking more three-point attempts this season. It's I mean, just a found some numbers off of you. Before last night, he was 59% from three in his last 10 games. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, in the last 10 games for the Spurs in general, number one team in, uh, in the NBA in three-point percentage at 42%. The number three scoring offense, uh, the number one scoring offense now uh, after last night yep. with 120 points per game. Number two offensive rating, number one effective field goal percentage, number one true shooting percentage. Is this a fluke? Is this a new philosophy? What's going on no, here? I, here's the thing that I especially want some fans to know, because at the beginning of the season, especially during the losing streak, it is so easy to point to this team and talk about the defense. You know, the defense stinks. The defense stinks. But um, the thing is, they're pretty much the same team as last year defensively, you know, and even Greg Popovich tells us that, that you know, we weren't a good defense last year. No. It, it, we average were, at best. Average but, at best. But yeah. what they were was a tremendous offense. They were a highly efficient offense. I think a top five in the NBA last year. Mm-hmm. And that is what carried them. The fact that if they can score 115 a night, they're going to win those games. Because even if they hold the team only to 110, 112, they should be good enough to win in those scenarios. At the beginning of the season, we did not see that from the offense. They were cluttered, clunky. Uh, rotations weren't working, uh, Brent Forbes, Marco Bellinelli were not performing up to capabilities, and now, you know, a lot of fans have gotten the rotations they've wanted. Greg Popovich has relented and has finally given Lonnie Walker the minutes that Marco Bellinelli was getting, and they have, uh, they've cracked the code. Now, I do want to mention also that DeMar DeRozan is playing absolutely out of his mind, and that's going to stop eventually. Like, his percentage, his percentage right now, I mean, un- unbelievable. It's One insane. One game he shot what he hit. Uh, how many shots? He only missed three shots. Yeah, it was 14 for 17 or something, something like something that. Like that. Like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he gets kind of overshadowed right now because everyone's talking about LaMarcus Aldridge. But, uh, but yeah. And I, and I just, it, it, very quickly, a, a good thing about DeMar and why he's being so successful is also because LaMarcus is spacing the floor. He is going yeah. outside the three-point line. LaMarcus is adjusting to a new offensive game. That is something that he is doing that I don't think he's been very reluctant to change and to sort of take a part of his game and say, hey, I'm going to sacrifice that and, and go outside and play in an area that I've never had to play before. And he's thriving out there. And what that does is it opens up the paint and DeMar absolutely <laughs> crushes in the paint yeah, in the restricted either, area. He either goes in there, takes it all the way, or he kicks it out. Or he, he creates, uh, he's a playmaker. He's a playmaker. And we, uh, just like the follow-up, what Evan was saying is the Spurs, when you looked at them, when they were struggling offensively, 
they kind of looked like a team that was stuck in the 80s. You know, uh, they just – nowadays it's a three-point shooting league, and Pop will say that begrudgingly. You know, he'll just say, well <laughs> – you know, uh, grudgingly, you know, he'll just say, well, yeah, that's just the way the game is. Why don't we have a, uh, a four-point shot? <laughs> and so he'll even make fun of it. But LaMarcus has made such a difference in a way just – he's become kind of a stretch for – and I, I think that he's kind of seen – He's what, 34 years old? Is he going to, he's 33, 34? 34. He, knows, yeah. he knows that everybody comes with an expiration date. He says, maybe if I can become a better shooter from the you know, three point range, it's going to prolong my career a little bit as far as the quality of my career and all. So I think that the, everything has worked hand in hand. And then this team just took a while. Not that it's there yet, it still needs miles to go before it sleeps, as they say. But uh, it took a while for the team to start to mesh, to start to find a groove. And I think you're starting to kind of see, you know, some traces of that where they're, they're finally got some chemistry. And, boy, and then you get the infusion of this young talent. I mean, my God, you put you put uh, Lonnie Walker the fourth. He gives them something that they just don't – I mean, he's dynamic, he's athletic, he can – he gives them something they don't have, even with the Jante that they mm-hmm. don't have. So, I mean, it, it would be great, though, if this new improved offense, you know, the number one offense in the league, was more reflected in the record, though, right? You know, we go 6-4 and four over that stretch. The Jazz, who kind of were second in all those offensive numbers, just went 9-1 and one in the same stretch. Yeah. A lot of that schedule toughness, but, you know, if the Spurs could, 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 could find a way to put together a string of wins and improve that record while they're playing so well, that helps their playoff chances. Yeah, and that's a very good point that you bring up, that they are – offensively surging right now. I will mention that in those four losses, one was without DeJounte Murray. That hurts. Even though they had a great offensive game, but, you know, defense was really bad. And so, yeah. you know, there is another part of this. They, they're they not going to be the greatest defense in the world. You take DeJounte out, and then all of a sudden you're even worse. So uh, there was that. Uh, even though they have great offensive numbers, they stunk it up in Dallas, a game they could have easily won. Yeah. And if they had a, a decent shooting performance, I think they would have won. But they couldn't make anything that game. And then Dallas had that crazy stretch of hitting like seven threes in a row. Um, lose to the Thunder The here. Thunder uh, game should have that should have been a win. That was just a game where th- that was an absolutely – you were watching it, and you kind of felt – the Spurs were going to win that game. Like they, they were the better team, yeah. and they just kind of pooped on the the poo pooed the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and um, I'm trying to remember the fourth loss, but well, Milwaukee. Right? Well, I said Milwaukee, Milwaukee Oklahoma City. But yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. But, but, but regard- they can't move the needle to what you're saying. That's just it. But they can do whatever. All this, but when you've got a Thunder and you're up by 15, you got to win that game to move the needle. If you don't win games yeah. like that, when it comes to trying to move the needle, so to speak, and move up and it's not going to happen. You're going to go, well, we should have won this game. We should have won that game. And then they're on this That's tough stretch now. They didn't got the, the rodeo road trip coming up. And last year they only won – I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but they only won one game last year. I thought. Yep. Yeah. It, was, it was the worst it's rodeo gonna be, road it's trip. Gonna be, they have a brutal, brutal schedule coming up. Yeah, yeah I mean, the schedule is not their friend. I mean, the, it's, it's been – we've talked about it on the podcast before. It's the toughest January. They have the sixth toughest schedule ahead of them, too, in the second and, half here. Yeah, and, and – you know, it's great bringing up that schedule because the fact is they're getting a lot of tough teams out of the way. The schedule, the, the toughness in the schedule should start going down now. You know, we all point to that and say, wow, they got a really tough schedule coming up. And coming up, there's yeah. a, a, a huge parity in the league. There's really not many teams you're going to go out there and say, well, we're going to walk all over them. I mean, there's, you know, you yeah. got, the, you got like a handful. So, uh, but getting the bucks out of the way, you know, getting all these teams out of the way now should help. You know, once you get past the rodeo road trip, you might be able to jostle for a little better position. Yeah, and speaking of that, I mean, they're the eighth seed right now. Memphis is hot on their trails, but they keep this up. Do you see them getting any higher than the eighth seed, moving up? Uh, 
let's let's worry about securing uh you know the eight seed and creating some distance because right now it's sort of the eight seed and everything else is solidified it would take the thunder to really fall off you know that and that's not gonna that's not, hasn't been happening no you know I, I don't know so yeah weird. i don't know how long that's gonna last for i don't know if they're this good they're feeling hot right now and uh, Chris Paul has been torching teams in the fourth quarter. He's doing that consistently. He's certainly meshing well. I don't know if they have a shot at seventh, but um, we can further discuss that if they can get back to 500. At that point, then I'm willing to yeah, have that conversation. Can't even conversation. get to 500 yet. That's what I'm saying. Every is time what, they get, they get within two, three, uh, three is about as close as they've gotten. I think yeah. to 500, and, and, and then they slip again. And that's the thing is when you have to evaluate what the Spurs are now versus what they were, it's night and day. But the fact is, it's a whole season, and what they were is a part of who they are now. And you don't overcome an eight-game losing streak unless you have a huge winning streak to counteract that. So until they go on an eight-game winning streak, I can't envision they're going to yeah. go any higher than an eight seed. And it's almost cliche, but it's like coaches say, uh, I think Bill Parcells famously said, you are what your record says you are. Pretty much. And right now that's the Spurs or a, a team that's what, uh, are they four games under 500 now? Or 16 basically? and 20, so four yeah. games under 500. Four, four games under 500, so un, un, until that until that changes. And then, you know, the schedule may get a little easier down the road, but they still have to play the D Denver several times, I guess. They still have to play Utah. Denver and Utah. Well, those teams are tough. Boy, they're yep. they're – they're tough. Well, you know, look at the series. And the first, very easily could have won that series last year, that first-round series against Denver. It was a classic series. So, anyway, but a lot of basketball still, obviously, to be played. Yeah, you mentioned four games under 500 right now for the season. Two and one over the last week, though. So that's kind of a nice feeling, you know, heading forward. Uh, let's take our take a look at those last games that we just witnessed, uh, starting with those Jekyll and Hyde games uh, with the Bucks there, those back-to-back. Mm -hmm. -back. They lose that first one, um, 127 to 118. Really wasn't as close as the score kind of uh, show, shows there. I mean, they, the Bucks blew us out in the third quarter there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, starting that game, we get the pregame kind of notification, hey, that Lonnie Walker is starting. Popovich is making some adjustments to the uh, to the lineup. Um, part of that's because DeJounte Murray was missing the game for um, mm -hmm. for personal reasons. But, I mean, Lonnie gets to start there. Is that is that Pop kind of tinkering, trying to find something that works? or just? Yeah, because I think in his mind, at least this is my assumption, is that if – DeJounte's gone. We need someone who can play that defensive role in the first unit. And Lonnie, I think with Derek, you know, Derek also got the start that night. Or, right. your, you know, your two best defenders left. Uh, Lonnie has been showing a lot of things. And if you're talking about athleticism with what Murray presents, Lonnie can also present that as well. I honestly just think it was something that he's just tried out. Because without Murray, you're kind of – you're in yeah, trouble you're defensively, in trouble. and and then you have Bryn Forbes, who bless his heart, the guy can is a heck of a shooter. I mean, he, the guy's a baller; he can shoot, but he can't play defense. He can't he's too play small; defense. he's physical. They just rush him out of the way. So you're basically playing four against six mm -hmm. when he's out there. I hate to put it that way, but I mean, you know, no, it's, it's, it's true. Tough. It's tough. It's tough. So you got you can't hide him in this league nowadays. There used to be a time when maybe you could hide people. Not nowadays. Not the way ever, as athletic as everybody is. Yeah. Especially uh, when, when you're playing against Giannis Antetokounmpo, who looked like the MVP that night. I mean, you talk about second-half points, 23 second-half points. He also got to the free-throw line 18 times. Yeah. The Spurs, you know, were a below-average defense team, as we talked sometimes. Some would say a terrible defense. Uh, but there's not a Giannis stopper in this roster. There's not a Giannis stopper anywhere in the league. Mm -hmm. But when you're shorthanded, you're already missing DeJounte Murray. That uh, that kind of really hurts your team. Yeah, and, and Pop said after the game that in the first half they did a pretty good job on Giannis in the second half the game plan went out the window for some reason which he can't control yeah. <laughs> you know um but nonetheless that first day I thought it was a pretty I, I I Spurs fans aren't into moral victories I thought it was a pretty good effort without your best defender without your starting point guard um 
They went up by 10 early in the first quarter, or most of the first quarter until the end, and they just kind of, like the Bucks just scored a ton of points, got it within two, and then they took the lead. And then you kind of jostled back and forth. You were only down four in some crazy first half. It was 72 to 65 or whatever, yeah. whatever 71 to 65 yeah. is what it was. So just this outrageous offensively-minded first half. So when you're talking about this explosive, highly efficient offense, I mean – there was a lot to be happy about with what you're seeing offensively. You just couldn't stop them. Mm-hmm. And then midway towards uh, the, th- the third quarter, again, they were only down four. Uh, Bryn Forbes hit a bucket, made it a four-point game, and then, you know, the dam kind of let loose, and I think the Spurs exhausted all their effort yeah. in doing whatever they could to stay in that game. Um, but, yeah, you know, a lot of fans get upset about Lonnie not starting. I just don't get it. You know, this is this is an organization that had Manu as a sixth man forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just... <laughs> You know, and I know we're talking about individual games, but, you know, talk a little bit about that defense, which I know we'll talk about it even later a little bit more, That is that you've got guys on there that they are who they are. They're not going to change. You know, we talk about Bryn Forbes. Then you got DeMar DeRozan, heck of a shooter, heck of a mid-range shooter, heck of an offensive player, can't play defense. I mean, he's not physical at all. Plays that Matador defense. <laughs> and, and same thing with Rudy Gay. I mean, they're, 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 they're soft. Great guys, great guys, but this is not about personality. Great, you know, good offensive uh, people, but – and, and it's almost like makes you realize how far the Spurs have cut, fallen, I guess. His pop says that at, in their heyday, whenever the other team was making a run in the huddle, they'd go, okay, they all look at each other and go, stops on demand. Mm-hmm. And that was it. It was like Duke, you know, when they hit the floor, you know, mm-hmm. when they, with their hands to left the floor, go, they would just go, stops on demand. That means, okay, we're going to stop them right here. Mm-hmm. Stops on demand. Well, it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and that's the thing. It's with, different personnel and all that. You know, and, and I, I always bring this up. The fact of the matter is, is when Kawhi left, they just try to scrounge for whatever pieces. DeMar DeRozan has never been a good defensive no, player. No, never. Never. So when people get upset about his defense, it's who he is. It's who he is. You can't, you can't change him. him. No. You can't say this guy doesn't play defense. No, no. he's never played defense. No. But what you get is the offense. Brent Forbes. Ne- not, never a good defender, no. but you get offense. Rudy Gay, not a great right. defender, especially at his old age now, but you right. get offense. Those are the trade-offs. The problem is you have so many guys that you're saying never can play defense, but great offensively, and that cre- you know you got too many of those guys. So the Spurs are working on bringing in defensive talent. That's what you're seeing in lo- athletic defense talent. See it with Murray. You see it with Derek White. You see it with Walker. Lonnie Walker. You'll see it with Keldon Johnson when he gets up eventually. Yeah. So I mean, they're they're starting to try to infuse these two-way. Guys guys into the program because they just don't have enough of them. Yeah. Uh, you're talking about, you know, some of these guys on the team who you're used to seeing uh, great offensive performance from um, and, and guys who are just kind of like surefire guys. I mean, a surprising stat for me from that game was that LaMarcus Aldridge had a better three-point percentage in that first Bucks game than he did a standard field goal percentage. <laughs> he shot 35% from the field, 57% from three, made five shots all night. One of them was inside the arc, four from behind. That's a wild stat line you're not going to see from LaMarcus <laughs> yeah, yeah. most nights. But um, I, I think the shorthandedness really played into effect uh, in that game. Uh, you're changing up your bench rotation. Of course, you're missing your best defenders you're mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, we're back full, uh, back at kind of full health here, full staff uh, for that next Bucks game, Monday the 6th. You win that one by 22 games, 126, 100, 100, geez, 22 points, 126 to 104. Uh, 19 three-pointers, a season best is really going to help mm-hmm. you out there. Yeah. Yeah, I, that was just um, still to this day the best game that the, the Spurs it's have played. It's their best from, you know, from that start was, to finish. Like Pop said, yeah. you, you got to point to that game as the best. You know, yeah. that's their best win. Obviously, it, best game. And, you know, I mean, Patty Mills going 6-10 from three obviously yeah. helps. You know, Patty Mills, I can't say enough of how 
he has been such a spark oh. plug for this team, even when they, they were bad. Him? That's Where what I'm saying. You thought him? the eight-game losing streak was bad. It, it, that beginning of the season would have been so much worse, worse without, without Patty because Bryn and Marco couldn't provide anything from deep. I mean, what Patty's been doing – and. Another guy, right? Never a good defender. But, yeah, <laughs> such a leader. But, uh, such but, a leader. But he provide. I mean, that second unit, he is such a beast. And uh, 6 of 10 that night, really stepped up. Um, I mean, that's FIBA Patty. We saw him playing yes. for yeah. Australia yeah. over the summer, playing yes. tremendously well. Uh, a guy who is so tied into his country and so, mm. so I, I, I hate to use the word nationalistic to describe him, but he talks a lot about what Australia means to him, and especially right now as Australia is going through the devastation. Yeah. He was really playing with a purpose that night, uh, just focusing, dialed in, and uh, he spoke pregame uh, a little bit about yeah. what Australia means to him and what's going on over there and just what he's doing to help. He's yeah. one of three NBA uh, players uh, donating $750,000 to the causes there. So. Yeah, I mean, Patty is uh, through and through uh, going to care about Australia, and I think you know that as seeing Patty as part of the Spurs organization for so long. And not to mention this, you know, us in the media, not that I would say uh, – if anybody was a bad personality publicly, but I will say people are great personalities publicly. And Patty Mills is just what you see is what you get when you when you talk with him. He is just an all-around really good dude, and get gets it. He just gets it. People you've ever uh, you know you're ever you're ever going to meet any anywhere. And the thing that still amazes me about Patty is that. He still gets to his spot. He can get to his spot and get that shot up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Some games he does it better than others, but that's what I, I really enjoy. He's enjoyable to watch because he can bop, 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 you know, dribble, penetrate, and then find that spot and go up. Yeah. And stuff. He just, he's, he's still, you know, not that he's that old, but he's been in the league for a while. But yeah. he knows his, he knows his way around. Now, do you think that the, the, there was a, a little bit more of a drive behind the Spurs team as, as this game was kind of a more must-win for San Antonio than it was Milwaukee? Does that play into effect at all for this win here? You know, okay, so I'll say this. Uh, the Spurs, I think, all season long have done this, even in their worst. They play up to competition. They play down to competition. Uh, that is the next – if we're talking about next steps I want to see from the Spurs, I want to see them – and, you know – maybe get a little ahead of ourselves, but when they play Memphis, I want to see them come off of huge wins against Milwaukee and Boston and then bring that same effort against a team like Memphis where you're not as excited to go play them. That is the sign of a good team. That is the sign of an improving team. So uh, in this scenario, yes, look, the Bucs are playing back-back games against the Spurs. They're not you know, they're not up for that game. They're not. They're home. They're happy there. Then they got to travel to San Antonio. It's a long trip. They get a day. They're playing the same team. You know, very monotonous sort of move to it. The Spurs are getting Murray back. That's a huge injection. They had a really good game against Milwaukee without him. They think they can win with him. Um, you know, the, the Spurs need that confidence boost. Every game sort of matters at this point. There's just a lot more riding on it for the Spurs. Milwaukee, you know. Um, hey, come on. Yeah. But, but in the end, it's still, it's not to say anything. It, it doesn't even matter. Milwaukee, that was the first game they lost to a team under 500 in the season. Right. That is a huge win for San Antonio. Even at Milwaukee giving a a half bleep effort you know the fact of the matter is, is they should still win mm-hmm. that team is an is an nba championship caliber team yeah. and and the spurs took it to them the spurs absolutely took it to them and uh you know you mentioned the three-point shooting you got rudy gay is coming alive from deep he went two for two in that game you know you had DeRozan hit a three in that game you know lamarcus is still doing his thing trey lyles hit a couple of deuces dejounte murray he's starting to be he's starting to shoot his shot now yeah. he's starting to look a lot better yeah. yeah i mean across the board he is up in every offensive stat you're talking yeah. about two point percentage three point percentage he's shooting so much better and that's what you want to see i mean 
if he keeps it up and the Spurs can kind of play a little better and make a little more headlines, he's a guy who could be up for like a most improved player award or something like that. One returning back thousand percent, and he better be on the NBA all defensive team, the first team. Yeah, first. Because his deflections are out of control. Like he yeah. is just. He gets it, in the passing lane a lot and stuff, and, and he's just. He uh, it's tough to build guards with that kind of wingspan. Yeah. Yeah. It just really. And he is. rebounds so well for for a guard. He's well six five and all of that wingspan, but uh, yeah, and he. But you could tell he's really, really, really taking it to heart, working on his shot. Yeah. Working on a shot. I want to follow up right quick. I don't know we're talking about specific games, but just kind of the overall thing. Is it the Spurs? We talk about a nice guy. You know, I'm going to say right now, this is not a popularity contest or congeniality contest, but but the Spurs really have a bunch of nice guys. They're all good guys. They're yeah. all nice guys, okay? That's pretty much been the norm since David Robinson started playing for the Spurs. But let me tell you something. When they had uh, uh, Ginobili, Parker, Duncan, you know this, they tear your heart out to win a game. Yeah. I mean, they're going to do it legally. <laughs> but, they're, 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 but they're beasts. They're beasts. You know, yeah. they are beasts. You know, they're, they're going to they have that – it's cliche, I know, but they have that killer instinct. They're not going to lose to a team they're not, they're not supposed to beat and stuff. Yeah. These guys, I don't know if they have that. You know, I don't know if they have that step on that throat and yeah. you know, and it's doing stuff. And that's kind of – that's what I see. I say, you know, got – you go in that locker room, too many nice guys. Yeah. Too many I mean, nice guys. They're, they're a team that has shown, I mean, they, they can get off to hot starts. They can, you know, get ahead of a team by double digits. <clears throat> we saw against Oklahoma City, they let these teams back into the game, and then it takes a fourth quarter run from a from the Thunder, who are playing a little more inspired, who have a guy like Chris Paul, who is Chris known Paul. for having a killer instinct. What a player. Uh, teams like that can get back in. Um, against Boston, they get off to that hot start. I, and I do want to just oh, yeah, quickly mention, yeah. uh, if we want to say one sort of bad trend that's happening, and it certainly was talked about from Popovich in that Bucks game was the third quarter coming out really sloppy. Yeah, they have been coming out flat in third quarters, coming out of halftime, and Pop yeah. still hasn't found an answer for that. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that plays right into the Celtics yeah, right. because they did not let that happen. It's, there were signs of that against the Celtics in that third quarter. Again, the, the Spurs won that one 129 to 114, and they never trailed. Um, but the Celtics got the lead down to eight, down to six in that third quarter. Well, that and then technical really kind of changed. Yeah, it was Kemba, the Kemba ejection really kind of changed the course of the game for the Celtics. You're down seven. You're making you, you all the momentum's in your favor. Then Kemba gets double technical. Brad Stevens gets a technical. The Spurs go to the line five times. They make four of them, and then you're back into double digits. And you just knock the, you just kind of messed yourself up. Yeah. And I think that was their, I think that was the Celtics' chance to really step on the throat of the the Spurs and take control of this take game and get life. And then when that happened, I feel like it was just the Spurs caught their breath, the Celtics got winded, and then San Antonio did what it was supposed to and do. And it was ironic because Kemba Walker's one of the uh, – he's gotten that all that sportsmanship award <laughs> a couple of times or something. Yeah, he's, I mean – He's one of the guys that's really uh, kind of a solid – you know, but that's going to happen. First ejection in the NBA, never was ejected in college – they, no one knows about his high school record. They hadn't, he hadn't come out and said, oh, I was ejected in high school. People were saying, yeah, that's his first ejection mm-hmm. in, his, uh, in his career, which is really impressive. Yeah, like you said, a sportsman mm-hmm. in, that kind of, in that mindset. So, yeah. I mean, props to the Spurs for kind of capitalizing on that. You hate to see a win like that. You want to beat guys, uh, beat teams when they yeah, have all the guys Yeah, and was just field, coming back from illness. Yeah, it was his first flu. game yeah. back. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and a beer can flew on the court, <laughs> which uh, that's a new one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, De- DeMar DeRozan, man, was fantastic in this game. 30 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. He was getting fouls, getting to the line. Um, you like to see a game from that. Uh, what could be uh, considered, you know, a-, a game that the Spurs aren't supposed to win. You-, you might think, oh, they're a little sluggish. They just played Milwaukee twice. Um, but it takes a guy like DeMar DeRozan, who, who is still has that superstar potential, has been more of a superstar uh, when he was with Toronto, 
uh, just kind of taking over a game like that. Yeah, He's playing with a lot of confidence. Mm-hmm. Boy's playing with a lot of confidence right now. Real calm. He you know, goes up to the free throw line and He's on fire. Yeah. Like this guy is on fire. He right. he does not miss. I mean, no. there are some of these shots where you're like, ah, it's one of those like, eh, I don't like it, but like at this point, I don't even care. Just let him have the ball. Yeah. Uh, 10 to 17, 59% field goal percentage. It's sort of what we're seeing. 10 to 10 from the line. You yeah. know, he's getting to the free throw line. That's also a big thing if you want to watch out for. Something I know Popovich talked about um, after that Bucks loss with the amount of fouls. You know, the Spurs were fouling a lot, allowing yeah. teams to get easy it's points. It's always a bad sign. Always so, a bad sign. So I think the Spurs have been doing a little bit better of trying not to foul as much. So that's something to take notice of. But I was actually in the car ride home uh, with Joe, and Joe and I were discussing, you know, DeMar DeRozan, potential all-star. I mean, like, he with what he's doing this month in this stretch, it has put him back into the all-star picture. And I think there are about, like, ten bona fide names. and Two spots kind of up for grabs, depending on how how it ends. You know, last year, LaMarcus Aldridge – wasn't in it, and then all of a sudden he just exploded and found that last spot in the All-Star game. I think that's what you're seeing from DeMar right now, and you cannot tell me that he is not one of the best players in the Western Conference. Like, at this juncture, he is just crushing it. So uh, I cannot speak highly enough of DeMar DeRose and his play, and he's carrying the Spurs offensively and a reason why they're so efficient. And he's so good at breaking down the defense, you know, and, and that shot around the elbow with the free throw line. It's almost automatic. I mean, yeah. he, he's so good. You know, he fades back, just puts it just enough arch on the ball, making it. And then, of course, then puts it on the floor and he kicks in. And he's so good. You know, he, he'll lead the well, he leads the team in assists. That's what he did last year, right? He did last year. So, yeah, you know? something that we've uh, coined here on the podcast is the Klosky threshold. <laughs> Spurs are, I, can't, I don't know the, the, the percentage now. When you looked it up last time, it was 34 and 5 or something like that. When DeMar DeRozan gets over eight assists a game, uh, six assists. Six assists a game. Yeah. Yes. So it was. Um, so there are three things that you need to check off when you watch a Spurs game, all right? First, you want to look at DeMar DeRozan's assists. Six or more, all right? The Spurs are just out of control. It's something like that. i got to double-check my numbers now that it's been a week. But, yeah, just an insane winning percentage when DeMar DeRozan has six or more assists in a game. Also, the team is very successful when LaMarcus Aldridge scores 20 or more points. Right. Now, the funny part is, in this game, uh, I don't think uh, DeRozan got – no, DeRozan had four assists – uh, LaMarcus Aldridge got how many points? Was it 13? 13, 13 points, points. Yeah. And the third part of this was Patty Mills has to hit two or more three-pointers. The first win of the season that the Spurs have gotten without Patty hitting two or more threes. Uh, he only got one in this game. One, so yeah. bing, bang, boom, did not get any of the three, and they <laughs> happen to win a very rare instance. The Spurs are now 1-12 when Patty hits uh one or zero three-pointers in a game. But if you were to collect all three of those, it is very, 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 very hard for the Spurs to lose if they have all three of those statistical categories in their favor. So that, that's the Klosky threshold for you from the man himself. And that shows you how well they played. They didn't need that. Yeah. They figured it out anyway. I mean, <laughs> yeah, when Trey Lyles hits every single one of his shots, I, I, you're, you're, you're in pretty good place there. And I think he was playing with a lot of confidence. All these Spurs were, I mean, David, you mentioned DeMar DeRozan has had a lot of confidence recently. But you beat the best team in the NBA. You come out your next game, you're probably going to feel a little confident. And yeah. that's what the Spurs the, did the here. The proof of the pudding, so to speak, is going to be, like, like Evan was saying, this next game tomorrow against Memphis. You're on the road. Memphis ain't chopped liver. You know they've always played the Spurs well. We're gonna see what, how much continuity, how much carryover they have. You're not gonna get as up as you did against Milwaukee, of course, or even Boston. But you you better be mm-hmm. you better be sharp, or you're gonna get 
And I like what Pop always says. You got to go in there in any, in any arena, whether you're at home or on the road, especially on the road. Appropriate fear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Appropriate fear. Yeah. You have to go in there with that. And I, I also want to mention uh, part of the reason why Patty hit one three and they were able to still be so successful is Bryn hit four threes. Yeah. Bryn has to do his job. 15 points from Bryn is what, honestly, you expect You expect 12. You need 12 to 14 from Bryn. Yeah. That was the next progression for him. He's got to do that because, you know, Lord knows he's not helping you defensively. Yeah. So and, and, what, and what fans, you have to understand, is you the answer isn't just sit Bryn. You can't just sit Bryn. You can't just sit Marco and both of them sit. Like, yeah. you need him to hit his threes. Bryn Forbes is the leader in three-pointers for the Spurs despite how bad he's been shooting this season. Yeah. He is still uber valuable to this team and it just is as simple as him getting it going taking his shots and hoping for the best sometimes you really can't do much more than that sitting marco good you know like marco (laughs) for lonnie swap that works but there is no swap you can't just bring up keldon johnson for Bryn. keldon johnson i love him i think he's gonna be a great player he can't shoot threes he's not a good three-point shooter he makes buckets not a good three-point shooter none of those guys are quindary Shamanich, unless you want to see Ledbetter up here, it's not going to happen. <laughs> so uh, just, you know, and again, uh, DeJounte Murray in this game, uh, five of nine, uh, seven rebounds, four assists, uh, two steals, one turnover. We are seeing DeJounte healthy. Again. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's, let's uh, keep the push going. DeJounte for most improved player. Uh, we're going we're gonna to tweet it out. Yep. We're going to make sure everyone knows about it. Um, yeah, I'm so we mentioned uh, what's next. You know, Memphis, they're next, neck and neck with San Antonio for that eighth seed. Yep. So this is a very important game for the Spurs to go out and win. Like you say, they can't play down to a team below them in the standings right now. And the last time they played Memphis, they had the best offensive performances, one of the best offensive performances ever in franchise history, scoring 145 points. Yeah, beat the team by 35, I think. Yeah, it was just a blowout. No one could miss. And remember, you know, just like I think what I was thinking when the Spurs went to Boston, they remember the beatdown that they got from the Celtics. Memphis is going to remember how poorly they played in that game. And also look out for this. In that Memphis game, DeMar DeRozan handled the point a lot. And I think that, that was a game plan sort of thing. I thought maybe that'd be a sign of things to come. But DeRozan led the charge. DeJounte spread the floor. And really, DeRozan creating, he had a ton of assists in that game. Yeah. I think they hit all three of those markers that game. Uh, that is something to watch out. Watch DeRozan leading this offense again. And, and maybe Memphis adjusts now this time around. Yeah. It's a game of matchups, like they say. Basketball's a game of matchups. Also, a game of rhythm. As a team and individually, and we're seeing the Spurs, what comes first, the chicken and the egg, you know? Guys are, are finding the rhythm. Dejounte's finding his rhythm. Certainly, the, the Mar has hit his rhythm. And now the team has started to hit his rhythm. Can they sustain it? Yeah. How long can they sustain it? It's a, it's a long season. You know, there's going to be some blips and stuff, but we'll, we'll see whether they can hit a, you know, hit, hit a groove, you know, where they, they, they're more consistent and they're not down here. Yeah, and then after that Memphis game, the road trip continues. They go to Canada to play Toronto. And I'm going to say DeMar yeah, DeRozan now it goes back to – we didn't really make any mention of that this year, but he goes back to Toronto, and he only got to go play there once last year. And if you remember, the Spurs lost that game because he fumbled the ball at half court. They should have won that game. Yeah. It was they, a terrible loss. One. They were up by one. It, it yeah. should have been an easy win for the Spurs. He totally <sighs> chokes he it up. the ball. And, and, and Kawhi goes the other way. And so – I guarantee you DeMar is going to be prepared to play yeah. in that game. Yeah. He'll, he'll, he'll play lights out. Yeah, and yeah. the Raptors are the four seed in the Eastern Conference right now. Uh, and then after that game, they play Miami, who's sitting at the two seed. Oh, they're, they're knocking good. out the top four in the East right here in this stretch. Well, well, uh, Miami's playing really, really well. 
They're, what, are they, what are they doing? I mean, you know, geez. Well, that, and the Spurs right now, a lot of the reason you're seeing some success is three-point defense. Been a lot better recently. Now, looking at that uh, Boston game, even early on, you know, they jumped out to that, what, 22-3 to run. Yeah. If you look at that, that game tape, uh, Boston missed a lot of open threes. You yeah, know, and, you know, Milwaukee, too, when they beat Milwaukee, the game plan was stop Giannis and just let them shoot threes and pray they miss. And that's what happened. I mean, it's really the only way to beat Giannis, by the way. Yeah. Um, so when they play Miami, that's really – going to be an emphasis to stop Butler, pray they miss on the outside. I don't know if that's going to happen. But, uh, you know, to me, you got to win Memphis. you got to win in this situation. you got to win Toronto. They don't have Siakam. They don't have a lot of their good players. You know, they got some injuries. There, yeah. There's somehow – I mean, Nick Nurse is a tremendous coach. They're staying above water. They're winning games. It's just – that's a game you got to win. I mean, yeah, if, if they can come out of this road trip, uh, these last three games here, two and one, that's a success. And that kind of puts you a little bit further into that eighth seed, kind of more grounded into the playoffs there, especially when you're knocking out uh, one of those wins would be against your toughest competitor right now in the Grizzlies for that spot. Um, amazing would be going three and zero, but Whoa, going to Miami is going to be tough. Yeah, if they look, if they go three, if they go on this road trip four and zero. Watch out, because <laughs> that put them one game under 500 coming back home. Yeah. I mean, now now you got some serious momentum. Now you're like, oh, we're like right there at 500. Yeah. Let's get over 500. Let's attack the next thing. Yeah. So that's my thing is when they get back to 500, then we can talk about jostling for a playoff position. Until then, yeah. there's really nothing to talk about. They're, they're, barely, they're barely 500 at home. I mean, the, I mean there's been danger where they, if they lose this game, they're going to be under 500, but they've always managed to win it. State yeah. one, are they up two above 500 at home? No, I, I think they're a little better. I think they're, are I they thought they're a little better than that at home, actually. I, I don't actually have it in front of me, but I think they're just to write about that. I mean, they're hanging at that 500 level all season, so it's not hard to believe it. Just four years ago, this is a franchise, not a team because the team's different, but this is what a come down for a franchise that just four years ago lost only one game at home. Yeah. Tied to Larry you know, and, and of course, that's how often does that happen? I right? know, and, and how often do you get a guy? <laughs> oh, and Joe Ryanagle's here so bringing us donuts. <laughs> yeah, that's unfair. But you know, that's the thing that Spurs fans also have to recognize. Like how how often does it happen that you lose one game at home? How often do the stars align yeah. that you get Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili, and Tony Parker on a team together forever? So just. That's the 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 bridge. Right? Yeah, we're in the, how, we're in how, how fortunate, you know, people, and, yeah. and and therefore the way the way I look at it, you think about that to know, oh, okay, okay, yeah, fortunate, and it's not going to happen. You know, the, the, things like that just don't happen. Yeah, and you know, you can ask the L.A. Clippers about this. How, how often they were always in the lottery. There were times they had the number one pick. How often are you going to be in the lottery and you have the number one overall pick twice? So it happens the two times you have it happen to be two of the greatest players ever, David Robinson and yeah. Tim Duncan. That doesn't happen. Yeah, you know, very often. So that's why I always tell people, y'all need to chill out. Don't worry. <laughs> These five championships that they won, it's not like they take them away <laughs> after so many years. You'll always have those five championships. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so we're gonna chill out here on the Big Fun Pod. Take a quick break, and then uh, we're gonna take a look at the rest of the league here and uh, what's unfolding across the okay. league too. Kins 5 is the official TV station of the San Antonio Spurs. We have plenty of exclusive Spurs coverage throughout the season on air with Kins 5, as well as on Kins5.com and on the Kins 5 app. Plus, we're carrying the next 14 games this season on Kins 5, with the next one coming Friday, January 17th. That's when the Spurs visit the Atlanta Hawks. And new this year, you can watch the game and any Spurs game we air on Kins 5 and the Kins 5 app. So download the new Kins 5 app. It's free, and don't miss out on any of the action. 
All right, guys. So the second round of All-Star voting was released today. Um, LeBron James has overtaken the lead for the All-Star vote. I mean, that makes sense. He's in L.A. He's the yep. king. Um, still no Spurs registering in that, that vote there. Yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, it I is. mean, it, it, it's kind of what expected. Yeah, especially with the way they played the first few games this Where's season. Where's Alex yeah. Caruso? <laughs> I'm sure he's on the list somewhere. You always see a guy, you know, like Taco Fall was six in the Eastern Conference there over that first stretch. The 12th man in that Celtics lineup, of course. Look, if they need someone to lead the orchestra... At the All-Star Weekend, Taco Fall is your guy. That was an amazing video, him in front of the Boston Pops there, I oh, think it yeah. was. That's great. That's, that's <laughs> Unbelievable great. performance. So, I mean, we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier on, but do you see a spur kind of making a splash getting into the All-Star game, be it through fan vote or through, I know the next round is the coaches kind of pick some players. The players also have a, a say in who plays. But The way DeMar DeRozan, like, like Evan was saying, the way DeMar DeRozan has come on. I, I will, uh, here in the next coming week, after we get through this road trip, I'm going to start looking at the numbers, and I'm going to start making my case for DeMar DeRozan if he's doing what he's doing. Yeah. But if he, what, eight straight games that he's had 20-plus points? Yeah. You know, he had 30 last night. I, the, the dude is an offensive force. He is one of the best offensive players in the Western Conference uh, easily. Now, the defense is a minus. I have to mention that. But if I'm just going off the top of my head, you know, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kawhi. I mean, I got to check Luka Doncic. Luka for sure. You know, Paul, I got to look at Paul George. He missed a month of action. I, I don't know. You know, Devin Booker's been great. I got to look at his numbers as well. Um, you know, uh, Jokic has got to be in there. Yeah. Uh, James Harden has to be in there. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's a handful of must-haves. But I'm, I'm not putting Russell Westbrook in above DeMar DeRozan. I'm not no, doing that. No. You know, I, I got to look at Chris Paul's number. He's great in the fourth quarter. Does that mean his numbers reach out to an all-star? But someone from the Thunder probably should be represented. I would argue that Chris Paul would be that guy. Yeah. Um, you know, Carl Anthony Towns is another name that comes to mind. Uh, you know, in Memphis, I don't know. I don't think, you know, Ja's been great. Is the all-star great yet? Uh, Lillard's got to be in there. Yeah. So, you know, there's a handful of guys. But, but DeMar is right there at that, like, yeah. 10 to 12 range where I just – to me, he's surging. Yeah, he's, he's such a technician. He's so, such fun to watch. He's crafty. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he just somehow gets that shot off. He just and then like last night, not only does he dish off and stuff, but he, he had a, a a reverse layup and stuff that that, that that they had to have. Yeah. And he just he's just very uh, he's getting he's getting the buckets that they got to have, and he's just a he's a he's a dude. He's, he's an offensive dude. Yeah, man. he's awesome. It's been more than two decades since a San Antonio Spur hasn't represented this team at the All Star game. I don't see that changing this year. I think you're right. DeMar DeRozan is kind of propelling himself into that conversation. And if he keeps it up, I mean, you can only keep talking about it more. Yeah. Um, and, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge was the guy representing. He got the, the last man on the roster there. Uh, I think DeMar can kind of fill that spot. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm not worried about that. Uh, looking at the, the rest of the weekend, the, the All-Star Game weekend, we're seeing the, the skills competitions come together. Dwight Howard's coming back to the slam dunk contest. Yeah, a little is. vintage Dwight there. Uh, is there a guy? I know Zach Levine has been asked because it's in Chicago. Yeah, he's been yeah. asked to be back in it. That'd be great if he did. Uh, I don't think he's committed to it yet. But if you had Dwight and Zach Levine, I mean, those are two, uh, at least <laughs> you know, the past decade, two of our favorite performances. Yeah. Um, at the at, in the dunk contest, so that that'd be great just to have those two. So there's another name uh, if we're talking about great performances in the All Star game and the, the slam dunk contest that needs to be added to this, and that's Vince Carter in his last season. Uh, I don't know if he still has the legs for a dunk contest. At, if uh, he can do, if he can do uh, through the legs and and give the uh, 
the, the, he dabbed before dabbing was cool when he, you know, that gift. Yeah. But um, man, if he can go, I'd, if he can do that, then just give what him the guy. trophy. What a guy! You know. Yeah. What uh, got, I want to ask you? Yeah. Looking ahead here, as we look at the second half, because you know, first half season is going to end here pretty soon. What team or teams are most capable of breaking up that Lakers clip? Everybody says it's going to be Lakers and Clippers playing for the Western Conference championship and you know the smart money said that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. what team or teams do you see have the best chance to to maybe break up that you know that that matchup yeah i mean i've i've been very high on nikola jokic all season i think he's playing himself into that kind of shape uh, if denver can kind of put uh, put a run together i think they're a team who you know got their first taste of playoff experience a young team uh, guys playing in the first games and i mean they knocked the spurs out in seven didn't have a great run the next uh, the next round there. Uh, I guess they went against Golden State in the next round. And it's good that you said got I'm, I'm pretty sure he showed, he showed they up took it. He went in shape. No, they Jokic. went to Portland. They went they to Portland. In, that's right. They yeah. lost in seven to Portland. Yeah. That's what it was. Jokic was in bad shape when he walked. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, get in he, shape. He's, he's getting he's there. Finally getting there. I think the Jazz are putting together a run, and that's a team that can really just stop you on defense. You talk about stops on demand. That's the team that can do that this year. And I mean, they're adding new pieces like Mike Conley into the rotation. I think they're starting to figure things out. Like they went in that nine and one run. And, and look, and Houston's always going to be in the picture. They're always going to be around. You know, last year they kind of got a bad draw, a bad draw, and then had to play Golden State around early. Uh, with James Harden, anything is possible, honestly, as long as he's not playing the Spurs. <laughs> he, Spurs are pretty good against him. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, I, I agree. Denver is a team that I, I do not want to see know, in a seven-game series. Yeah. A team that- it, it, it's weird. Denver is a team that I want to see and I don't want to see. Denver is a team that I think can break them up. But then Denver's also a team from the Spurs I kind of want to see. Comfortable with them. I think that they're prone for bad offensive yeah. nights. Um, the fact that they have a big man can match up with Jokic, even though he's nearly unstoppable. But, you know, you mentioned Utah. They're a team right now that started off a uh, bit shakier than we all imagined. We all were very high on Utah. They trade for uh, San Antonio native and Wagner product, Jordan yeah. Clarkson. And they are looking a lot better and if that shooting comes around like we all expect it to with the defense you mentioned, Utah was still my sneaky choice to make it all the way. I, I still think L.A. versus L.A. But, um, Who wins that? Who wins that? It's how he gets out of that. <laughs> uh, Clippers. Clippers. I Kawhi think the Clippers, Clippers have the depth. Because of Kawhi. Kawhi, Paul George, and Patrick Beverly. I mean, yeah. when it's playoff time and everyone says, all right, I'm playing defense every day, those three, I mean, if they're locked in, you're not scoring. And, and yes, you have – LeBron and Anthony Davis, but let's remember Anthony Davis has one playoff series under his belt with the Pelicans, yeah. you know, as an eight seed, I believe. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's, I just, you know, I don't know. I'm not down LeBron in the playoffs either, but I just think that uh, at this juncture, I like the Clippers team more than uh, LeBron AD versus all. And um, it, was, it was interesting. Uh, quick side note, won't go on a thing, but they were mentioning how with the Lakers. Don't know what they're doing. I was listening on the radio coming home. They are playing like it's the playoffs right now. They're not resting guys. People are questionable, and they're playing that night. I mean, you know, LeBron was sick as a dog the other day, and he's got like a bag of oranges trying to play, and he came out they're saying, serious. if I'm healthy, I'm going to play. While the Clippers are have not looked as impressive but are slowly and methodically building their way towards a playoff run. And when it comes down to the playoffs, I'm worried that the Lakers are going to be spent. 
I mean, we already saw Good Anthony point. Davis take a bad fall this week. Um, and, I mean, the MRI came back negative there. And he's going to play soon. I know. Right? Give him a couple games off. Let him come he back. Made, originally, he wasn't going to make the trip. Now he's making the trip. It's, I, they, they, they're so stubborn. They're and coming it's across like, I, like they're driven, but they're also being foolish. They're being foolhardy, I think. you got to arrest these guys. That's pop. You know? Yeah. Pop. Well, Pop spoke to load management uh, recently this week about how, for some reason, he gets credit for that, and he's like, I don't really believe in that. I, I mean, he can say that all he wants, but he famously set all of his starters against Miami on the road. He's a guy who's always been cautious with his players and load management, and it's paid off in dividends. I mean, he's extended the career of some guys like Tim Duncan, who played the last decade on one leg, you know, <laughs> by resting him, by taking him out of games, not playing him back-to-backs, uh, limiting the minutes there. And, I mean, he's, he's slowly brought DeJounte back in, you know, managing that yeah. load there. I, I, he could say all he wants, and I'm not one to put words to Pop's mouth. I, I think he believes in yeah, load management. Yeah, I, I would so. just say his... A, he 100% started load management. <laughs> that, is, that he cannot argue, even if he wants to fight on it. But I think his counter-argument would be, with a guy like Tim, he was injured. He had to manage those minutes. There was a serious injury that he was managing. He had a bad knee. Um, all that, all that so, you know, but resting yeah, for he, resting's sake is kind yeah, of Yeah, but I mean, again, when you, to me, if you would say, like, okay, then why'd you rest all five of those guys? Don't tell me <laughs> that all five of them had these serious injuries. You know, in the end. It, yeah. He, he started it, and now we live in that world. And I'm fine with it. You're playing 82 games a year, and some of them back-to-backs, you got to take care of your body. You know, that's the thing, and, and we, we all know this from having been around it, is that that's the misnomer is that, yes, these guys get compensated very, very, very well. But you know what? It's not as easy as it looks, and you know that. <laughs> I mean, it's an 82-game grind. And you're traveling. You're, playing, you're traveling. You're playing four games a week, five games a week. It's just it's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal. The human body was not made to take that kind of – punishment but uh so it's not as easy you know as it seems that's why they get the big bucks yeah, yeah. yeah. and of course they don't just show up the arena and play basketball you got to go you got to get your training you got to get your, your warm-ups yeah. in you got to get more training i mean it's a, it's a full work day and then some it's not just an eight-hour gig i mean they yeah. it's a whole lifestyle to get ready for games and when you're you know you play a game at 7 30 in new orleans and then you got to fly back in the middle of the night then get home in your bed and then play that night Again, in the AT and T Center. I mean, it. And it's so different it's than it not. used to be, even 15 years ago. Uh, the nutrition is big, and you see the players, the Spurs after the game. You know, the, the guy comes by and gives them their little, their little smoothie, <laughs> and it's all none of them are the same. And they've all got you know for their needs, for their specific needs and stuff like that. They know they can't they can't have a cheat day. They can't go out and eat uh, a water burger or whatever. I mean, everything is just the. Uh, know, they're like well calibrated machines, you know, and they're not. They're not robots, like a Pop always says, but they, they've got to take care of themselves. Yeah, the, the funny story was at the end of the Denver Nuggets series last year, and Brent Forbes talks to the media for the last time, wrapping up the series, and all of a sudden a uh, staffer hands him a Dr. Pepper, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I haven't had one of these in like a half a year. You know, that's like literally he's just so happy to finally drink yeah. a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> It's something you can take advantage of when the season ends for you, I guess. Uh, you know, those treats you've kind of deprived yourself of yeah. at the season. Um, so at, we end every podcast here on the Big Fun Pod looking at something that's driving us batty. And so I just want to throw something out to you guys that's kind of been driving me a little bit batty this week. Um, Markel Fultz dropped a career-high 25 points on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um that's awesome. You love to see a guy who kind of has been derided his whole career, you know, hadn't been able to put it together. Uh, some of the, the derision's been, uh, you know, kind of deserved and some, but not really. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a guy who was drafted number one overall in Philadelphia, by Philadelphia uh, in 2017, and he, they'd spent draft capital to get him. They traded extra picks to move up in the draft two spots to get him, uh, and they bailed on him after a season and a half. Um, 
he still isn't you know finding his way. He's just barely averaging double digits this season. Uh, he's coming off the bench as a role player, and you kind of expect a guy taking number one to turn into a superstar in this league. But granted, he's also 21. Uh, so I'm just curious, like, it, did the 76ers give up on him too fast? And is this a trend that you're seeing around the league, especially you know evaluating that Lakers trade they made for Anthony Davis when they got rid of Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram? Uh, I'll say this, and I always hear fans on Twitter complaining about Lonnie doesn't play enough. Lonnie wasn't playing enough last year. Where's Keldon Johnson? Where's Shamanich? You know, uh, where was Derek White uh, when he was coming up? Yeah, I mean, the fact, Murray too, the fact know. of the matter is, A, you know, let's throw out the guys like, oh, if, you know, none of these guys are Luka Doncic, okay? If Luka no. Doncic walks through the doors for the Spurs, he would play day one. That's what Kawhi did, yeah. right? Kawhi yeah. day one played. Why? Because he was uh, such a... An extreme talent, Tim Duncan, extreme talent. When you're extreme talent, you're going to play. So throw that out the window. Those are one percenters of the one percenters, just superstar all-stars. For every good example you can tell me of a guy thriving, I can give you an example that flamed out immediately because yes. of the pressure that is put on them when they have to play ASAP, day one. So Markel Fultz is a great example, a guy whose expectations were chosen by the position in the draft versus the man that he was when he stepped on the court. Yeah. So the fact is, the expectations are here, and because he was drafted number one, automatically he needed to play day one. And I don't think that was the case with Fultz. And I think the Sixers failed Fultz. Because not only did they throw him into the fire right away when probably should not have, his performance proved he should not have, but then it got to him, and then he started go, you know, having the yips. Then he went through the yips, and the free throw shooting, his form, I mean, like, his form went awry. I mean, he, you know, he got the injuries. I mean, there was a night yeah, and day just... difference from what the, you saw in his college days at Washington versus what you saw uh, in the league. So I just always remind fans, and the fact is nobody ever talked about the G League and who's coming up from Austin when you had Tim Duncan, Monte Ginobili, and Tony Parker. You didn't care. Now all of a sudden you care because they need talent. Talent yeah. doesn't grow on trees. Trust the process, which is something the, <laughs> the 76ers yeah. – this is something the 76ers coined and they didn't do with Fultz, and I think it was a, a really big disservice. And now he's in Orlando. I think now he's out of the limelight and can sort of take his time to see if he is something or he's not. Yeah. But, you know. Um, you have to have – these players have to have, unless they're, 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 they're cinches, you know, like, like uh, Evan was saying, the examples of these great players. If they're not cinches, they need seasoning. That's the only way they're going to get better. They've got to play. That's why pop, people will ask, how come – you know, Lonnie's over there in Austin because he needs to play. He's not going to get anything out of sitting on a bench watching us play, watching the varsity play. You know yeah. what I mean? Rather him play on the JV and get get some minutes and get his get his win. You know, get get conditioned and learn a little bit about the pro game. That's not the NBA and all. But you've got you've got to have that. You've got to have that, and you got to trust the process. And it's also like. Look, Pop didn't fall off the turnip truck yesterday. He's hmm. been around. He knows. And the organization has yeah, great minds exactly. too. Exactly. He yeah. knows they're good. If the Spurs or anything is player development, they know how much, you know, the the upside a player has, how much he needs to work and all that. You just, you know, these people have no idea. You know, they've got to throw them out there. No, they've got to have – got to have time. Yeah. Everything, everything and, it's, and it's time. Now, I'm all for everyone complaining about 
Lonnie Walker is supposedly playing earlier. He should have. 100% and not giving it out. And I'm not giving into anybody that says, well, Lonnie's playing great now because of Pop sitting him early in the year. I think that's BS. And that, that essentially gives Pop an out anytime he's wrong yeah. to just say, oh, well, this is part of the plan. No, I think they gave Marco his due because he's a veteran and he's proven and you know, when he did, when Pop did sit Marco, he wanted to say, I gave you every chance to win this job, and it's now his turn. And that's what happened. You can, yeah. you can complain about the patience, but the fact is the player development, taking your time, letting guys work out the kinks in Austin is so great for them. And the Spurs rarely whiff on players. And what do they do all the time? They nurture them. They nurture all their players. Yep. They're and the best the in the league as far as, you know. And the fact is, they're like, oh, just throw them out there and let them learn the hard way. That is easy to say, but demoralizing for these top-flight athletes who all they've been is dominant in their lives, and then they have to face these realities of going against top talent. At least in Austin, they know that they're working out kinks. In the big leagues, when, you, when you're messing up there, there's no other place, there's no potential to go. It's like, well, if I can't make it here, what's next for me? Yeah. You know, it's funny, so, so go on. Yeah. No, I was going to say, besides the game, learning the game, the NBA game, you're also talking about guys – they're playing against grown men. You know, a lot of these guys are 20, 21 years old, and you're going up against guys. There is a difference. These guys that have been in the league for a while, you know, it, it's tough. You, not only uh, in basketball thing, but just on the bus trip to, from the hotel to the, to, the, to the arena, things like that, the hotel. They're, they're, these guys are grown men. You know, you have to get acclimated to that whole culture and stuff. It's just more than basketball. Yeah. Honestly. Uh, so, I mean, it's funny that you mentioned, like, the Spurs – historically have nurtured players and found success doing that. You know, you get guys like Derek White or, uh, you know, people that, that other teams didn't draft who kind of fell through the cracks. Uh, I mean, Derek White's a guy who, like, didn't even start, you know, in college. It took him a while to find his footing in, in college there. And they nurture these guys, and they, put, they get success out of that. So many things the Spurs organization has done throughout the 23 years of this dynastic run they've had in the NBA – have been duplicated by teams. The Golden State has tried to, to build a team like uh, you know, finding these guys and kind of building franchises around these superstar talents who stay there and are San Francisco guys. Oklahoma City, Sam Presti has really been open about, yeah, we're doing the Spurs model here. What we're doing a, that. And what an effort he's doing. Especially this year, I know. They're rebuilding, and they, Billy Donovan's so, got that. I mean, he's the coach of the year right now for yeah, me, Billy yeah, Donovan. Yeah. And, and then uh, and you look at the, 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 the way the game is played now, it's it's – shades of the 13th, 14th, beautiful movement Spurs. So there's a lot of things that people take from San Antonio. Why not nurturing the players? Why is there, it's just because there's an expectation. We need to get these faces out there on the court. You know, you talk about Markel Fultz. That was a piece that I think Gold, uh, that the Philadelphia thought. You bring him in with Joel Simmons and uh, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. He's the third piece to this championship run. We can start now. I mean, is there too much? Uh, is it just ex- expectations that they want these guys' faces out there? Or I mean, is there another reason why we're not nurturing more players? I just think it's patience versus impatient. Yeah. It, it just—it's so a it. matter of of okay, I drafted him first. He should be a transcendent talent. He should be able to play right away. That's, you know, in baseball, you're drafted first and you go through the minor leagues and you work your way up and you you prove yourself and you figure it out. You know, Uh, NHL, you're pretty much thrust in there, but a lot of those players come from juniors and have played against uh, essentially minor league talents at their age group and have played internationally. And so hockey, you've gotten tons and tons of experience against international competition, against the greatest local competition, uh, uh, countrywide talent, uh, wherever you might be playing. Um, and then 
well, we got football. Football is another one, which is a similar sort of deal to the NBA, where you get thrust in. And I mean, we could talk about the, what you're describing right now is what happens to quarterbacks all the time all in the, the NFL. Yeah. And that's why leagues like the AAF and right now the XFL are so important because you need some players need time to thrive, right? Ryan Tannehill having a great year with the Titans, and he's th- uh, thriving, but he didn't do that right away. Right. And it's like, where did he come from? <laughs> I don't know. He got older, and maybe he's starting. Things are starting to click in a better system you know it just works for some players and it works for others some can come in right away some need a few years and I can't even begin to think about some of the talents that maybe if they just had a couple of years to figure things out at a slower pace that they might have been an amazing talent but they flamed out because they were pushed too early the Spurs don't do that and that's a, that's a credit to them. And I'm never, ever banging against the wall saying that the young kids need to come up right away. I believe in that process. And it speaks for themselves. So, um, yeah, I just think that um, people are stubborn. I, I just I think it's ultimately that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Well, so, I mean that- – Lots to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about. So, I mean, the Spurs are going to continue this road trip. Memphis, Toronto, Miami. When we come back next week, maybe they're 2-1. Maybe they're 0-3. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever happens next week, we'll be here on the Big Fundamental Podcast to break it all down. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like and subscribe us wherever you may be listening. Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. We're out there in that podcast multiverse. Evan Klosky, mm-hmm. thanks for joining us. David Flores, anytime. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jackson, and we'll uh, talk to you guys next time. What to do, baby? <laughs> <laughs>